Craft Beer Radio presents Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. Private Tasting Salon Number 2, From Bourbon Barrels to Bach. Featuring Jamie Emerson and Irene Fermat, Executive Brewmaster and CEO and Founder of Full Sail Brewing Company. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, coming. I think we're going to get started. Um... Thanks for coming tonight. This is the third saver. If uh, for those of you who don't know, it's the third time we, the Brewers Association, is, Brewers Association has done this. Uh, the Brewers Association is in Boulder, Colorado, a trade organization for small breweries. Uh, they also put on the Great American Beer Festival, uh, and they, and this one uh, is a little bit different than that, obviously. Um, and uh, we thank you for coming. Um, I want to introduce uh, our the. Yeah, Host for this evening, uh, Irene Fermat is um, founded the Full Sail Brewery in 1987, and then uh, Jamie Emerson, who's the brewmaster, joined the following year in 1988, and uh, they've been working hard in Mount uh, Hood ever since. Uh, in 1999, uh, Irene's uh, partners in the business decided they uh, didn't want to be in the brewing business anymore, and uh, 47 uh, of the employees all got together and uh, bought the brewery, and it's been employee-owned ever since. Um, that's why you see the number 47 on their logo all over the place. That was the number of employees that uh, bought into it uh, when they made the switch. And they're still uh, the only employee-owned brewery in the U.S.? We used to say that all the time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to turn it over to Jamie and Irene, and they're going to talk us through, uh, is it four beers this evening? Two beers this evening, that's right. Four over here. And, and uh, some wonderful looking food in the back there, which you'll see very soon. Great. Thank you, thank you. You guys here without the mic? Um, welcome again tonight. Uh, we're tasting two beers, uh, both my favorites, uh, along with all the other ones we make. <laughs> Uh, the first one is LTD number two. The LTD series is limited, essentially. It also means live the dream, which is uh, what we do every day, uh, making beer. Uh, doing God's work, as I like to say. Um, LTD series is a series of lager beers as opposed to ales. We're from the Northwest, so people make a lot of ales in the Northwest, and we decided to make it kind of a, a change. Essentially making seasonally appropriate lager beer, but not necessarily tied to a particular season. So LTD number two is a pale bock. It's a beer that was brewed uh, for rolling into summer. LTD number three, the one would follow, is a Bohemian Pilsner, more summer-like. Uh, tonight we have that beer paired with uh, Folia Farms goat cheese, and it's a an aged washed rind goat cheese from Klamath Falls, Oregon, uh, from pygmy goats, which are little bitty goats. I don't know if you've ever seen the Video on YouTube, you scare them and they fall over, kind of like possums, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we went to a, a place in Portland called Steve's Cheese, and Steve and I had worked at an event at OMSI, which is the, uh, the children's museum. We had adult night at OMSI. And so I was pouring beer, and he was pouring cheese, and so when we said we had the event, he said, oh, I, I got the beer. I got, I got the beer for you. He had the cheese, and he actually picked this one first. And I said, are you sure? And he cut me a couple other kinds, but this was the one. It was by far the one. Then the next beer we have is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. Now, this beer, we run a bourbon barrel beer every year. 
will brew an imperial porter one year, followed by imperial stout the next. Portion gets racked into a bourbon cast so that every year you release an unoaked porter and an oaked stout, or bourbon stout and an unoaked porter. So this beer was actually brewed in December of 2004, racked into bourbon casks in February 2005, and it was Barney back there as our lead brewer, uh, J.W. Dant. Um, I'm locked up on the other two. I think uh, Shenley was uh, some. Shenley. Um, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. Sorry. Average age of cast was over 12 years. And in terms of our brewery, you'll see this is something we can do with a small company. This is a real labor of love. I mean, these are real old school bourbon barrels. They're huge. And uh, there's a lot of basic gear. Uh, Barney and his crew do it absolutely manually from, from beginning to the end. We're able to age the beer for a full year and 100 it to the bottle. There's no pollution with any other beer, which is something we're really kind of curious about and why it's kind of a limited release and not easily available, which we thought would be really fun to provide for tonight. So the, uh, I think it's like to start with the LCD too. And then pour it out, I don't know what the, are we pouring? Are we pouring? Okay, so it's the yellow level first. I have to say also on the recording, uh, we started the brewery 22 years ago, and I was telling Jay, I remember going to early tastings where I would be pouring our beer, having people taste it, and their reaction were, oh, it's not Budweiser. <laughs> it's like, well, that was the general idea, and it's uh, incredibly exciting for some people to craft beer in the world as long as we have to see the kind of support that we get. Uh, here tonight, so personally, we're very grateful for all you guys being here and wanting to taste our beers. What temperature do you think in barrels? Temperature in barrels? Oh, the, uh, it's essentially cellar temperature at the brewery. Um, we have these great metal stands that, are, that the bourbon guys use. They hold uh, uh, four casks on their side and put another stand above it and lay another four. And so we end up having typically around 100 casks, and that's all we need to make, it's all we need to fit in the plant. And so we produce it, we put it up for sale, all this goes on up in January, and then it sold out. So part of what we have tonight is from basically the brewer's reserve stash downstairs, which only one quarter of can lift two. <laughs> so LTD2, uh, a pale bottle, uh, 6.4% alcohol, it's got all pale malt, a little touch of wheat, um, very mild hopping, very malty caramel, very smooth, actually a great food here. And part of what interests us as brewers is really about balance. There's a house uh, uh, definition for full scale beers, no matter what we make from a bourbon barrel, which is really high alcohol, fairly high energy of beer, to something like LCD. What we really want is a flavor that really uh, blends together and is uh, a bit more sophisticated. You know, we're really not interested in a beer that only has one note. Like we, I was not really interested in making a pasta dish that all tastes is garlic. You know, we really want those layers of complexity and flavor kind of get the day balance, which is really what it's interesting to us to create. In uh, I have a degree in organic chemistry in German double major, so I'm last year college in Munich, and the, the Bavarians were very particular about uh, the idea of balance, and the, one of the sayings was the uh, the first beer calls for the third, and then as your palate fatigues, 
there's enough balance between the malt hops that flavors open up as your ground palate feeds. And then, particularly about pale lock, you should know that your drinks are going to stand up. So, at 6.4 alcohol, two pints, you know, you're over the, you're over the top as far as driving is concerned. And uh, it just is a really nice, smooth beer. It's one of my favorite styles, particularly. Uh, the balance, the strength, and then that great maltiness that's left. Now, the cheese that's coming out, this is the Folia Farms goat cheese. Uh, I'd recommend trying it with a without a cracker. Uh, just for that whole nuttiness and the texture, which isn't like goat cheese that I had before. Not quite a parmesan, but you still get some of the background of that green field. And then we have beer. It boosts that mid palate, just straight malt flavor. It also plays up some green hot flavor as well. What about LP2? We move in LP3 now. Barney! Hops in LP2, man. Excuse me. Sterling and Willamette. Sterling and Willamette. Sterling is a Yakima hop. It's hard to have a short on short across because everyone can use glaciers to do the size. Um, but again, pretty low bitterness, only 24 in this. It's mostly mostly about the mall. So then after you pout the rest of it and try the beer again. You know, after the cheese is settled, then there's kind of a dustiness that comes across malt character-wise uh, that I also found really intriguing. Just a nice mix.
you know, you can pretty much find a deer that will go with any particular food if, if you start to think about parents and things like that. And I know that the line guys are argue that when you're making a cabernet, there's only a few varieties of cabernet is you come down to. You have great friends for eating, you can do three things, but in the end run, you're still dealing with that one thing. Uh, someone once said deer is beverage intent in that you have a harvest once a year, hops come in once a year, um, and we make the same thing every year regardless of the raw material. So we have control over residual gravity, we have control over alcohol, we have control over bitterness, all those things. And the people that drink, you know, say wholesale amber, they want wholesale amber every time. You know, unlike a winery, which is controlled chaos, <laughs> where they, they bring the harvest, they crush the grapes, what they get is what they get. Maybe do a little blending, but you know, 2006 was a great year, right? Beer doesn't have that luxury. Only only time we have luxury is when you're doing something that's really big that you can put away. But standard, what the Brits would call everyday beer, you have to be on top of it, you know? And I think that's a good segue into the not everyday beer. Let's go on the big old head on there. Now we've been doing the bourbon barrels now for I think 12 years now. And we've uh, uh, learned quite a bit in the time. And first is that you really can't rush. Uh, you know, you get three or four months in, and all you get is alcohol heat because there's still alcohol in the barrels uh, in the wood. Uh, an odd thing to think about is when bourbon goes into barrels, it's clear. All the color comes from the wood. And uh, so we as brewers get a little bit of that. That love. <laughs> so the food pairing we're going to do for this one was a lot of fun because Jamie and I had an idea in our head of what we wanted. And then uh, we were lucky enough to find someone who could execute even better than we imagined. So we can be excited. Here's Randy from Trouble to talk about the trouble. Now, I would encourage you to drink beer first before the trouble, because we have to talk about before and after, because it's uh, interesting. Well, uh, <laughs> so it's a little tricky, guys, so let me warm up a little bit. But the first smells you get uh, are the vanilla. And as well as well as some of the uh, what I start to call, especially on staff, is the cherry character, uh, a dark cherry character that comes from the rose small. And uh, there may be some I don't know dark molasses notes as well at the end, but the background there. So then you taste it. Uh, this is this is above ten percent this year. So you have viscosity, you got a big vanilla kick from the oak, you got some bitterness still from the beer itself. Uh, a really nice mid-malt mid character. You know, for a beer, the alcohol content, it doesn't drink, it smells still, you know, it's not overly heavy. Really 
see a really used to coffee machine. Because <laughs> 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 you didn't use it, you didn't waste it. There's nothing to waste. It's inexpensive. That's how you approach everything. And so you go to our plane, it's not a tile, copper, and beautiful. It's very functional. It's stainless steel. It's bathhouse. It makes good quality beer. The other things are nice to look at. They don't have product quality at all. At this point, the salon devolved into what can charitably be described as messy audio. So we decided to end it here. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio's 2010 coverage of Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. To learn more about Savor, please go to savorcraftbeer.com. To listen to more salons, interviews, and other content from Craft Beer Radio, please go to craftbeerradio.com. You can contact us on Twitter at at craftbeerradio or via email at beer at craftbeerradio.com.